0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for the Natural State Football Report with Clint Conk, taking a closer look at football across the great state of Arkansas with the winningest coach in UCA history. The Natural State Football Report is brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, they've been providing crop dusting services to the farmers of southeast Arkansas, and they can help you too. Call 870-26300. And brought to you by Kitchens Truck Sales. For all types of used trucks and trailers for almost all industries, especially farming and farming related. KitchensTruckSales.com. Now, let's toss around the pigskin in the zone with Justin, Wes, and the coach.
1: And Lance Gasaway is here as well from Farm Brothers Flying Service. Appreciate Lance and his sponsorship of the segment so we can get coach up here every week. So he has something to do.
2: Yeah, got to have something to do at my age, that's for sure. Well,
1: your <laughs> wife appreciates getting out of the house, I'm sure, occasionally. But uh, Lance, good to see you again. How are you?
0: Doing good. Good, good morning. Good. Appreciate you guys having me on again.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate your support. Um... So we'll talk some horse racing here in a minute and uh, some football. You feel free to jump in whenever you want. You know as much as we do about this. Hey,
2: Hall of Fame All-American wide receiver from UAM. That's right.
1: Go Bull Weevils. Go Weevils. Yeah. Coach, uh, let's talk about Arkansas. And they may have to grab a few guys from the UAM roster at the rate they're going right now because uh, they're they're dropping like flies over there in Fayetteville.
2: Yeah, I think we were just counting – what, five on offense in the two deep and four on defense? Yeah, I think something? it's six on offense. Six on offense.
3: It's Keitron, Jaden Hazelwood, uh, and Jalen St. John, the latest to hit yep. the portal yesterday. Ricky Stromberg going to the NFL. Malik Hornsby, Trey Knox yep. are off the offense on the two deep. Now, of course, Jalen St. John was more of a – he was a backup offensive lineman played on special teams. Uh, but the rest were uh, key
2: contributors that you're going to be missing out on offense. That's going to hurt. Thank God Dalton Wagner stuck around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Lemur now I guess is moving to center. Yep. You know, oh. so mm-hmm. yep. So that you know that helps, but uh, obviously it taxes the depth of any football mm-hmm. team when you have those departures. And I think we were talking just before we came on. You could see several true freshmen on the offensive side, of the ball, uh, get some playing time for the first time this year. Yeah, no doubt.
3: Uh, Sam Mbake and Isaiah Satania are yeah, going Satania, to play a lot. Yep, uh, yep. At pra- the guys who have gone to practice. What's uh,
1: El Tanya back this year? We thought I thought he would walk on campus and be ready to roll. Well, he uh, had an, an injury, injury in fall but, camp,
3: and then it got to the point where I think he just got kind of left behind. And he, uh, with happens. all the practices that he missed, now I had heard late in the season that that he was practicing more and more and looking really good and looks really fast, but. Uh, And I expected him, honestly, to play in some of these games at the end of the season. We never—he's saw him one time, I think, uh, a He's got the one
2: thing you can't coach, and that's speed. I mean, he was one of the fastest kids in the country coming out of high school on the track and field side and, you know, in football. So my concern, though, Wes, is on the defensive side of the ball. You lose. Nichols in the middle. Sanders is declared. uh, Bumper Pool is out. Of course, he didn't play against Missouri. Mm -hmm. I don't – very little, uh, you know. But anyway, uh, my concern – Uh, has been the secondary all year, but now you've lost three key pieces in the middle of a defense. And, you know, average at best and being kind, uh, defending dual-threat quarterbacks and the run and the pass. And, you know, Coach Pittman, I think, alluded to those deficiencies, you know, earlier uh, this week in his press conference. But uh, my concern is can they stop Kansas? Because Kansas could score some points.
3: The key will be to me is Jordan Crook. That's the one who's going to take over the spot of Drew Sanders. We've seen Chris Poupol a lot this year. And and he was honestly rotating in and out with with Bumper uh, almost like 50% of the time. He was playing a lot. And, of course, he played the entire Missouri game. They're very high on him. I am, too. I like him a lot. Well, a freshman All-American, I believe. I
2: mean, you know, statistically he made a lot of plays this year. He's a little bit undersized but very athletic and can run and uh you know so he's a good piece to build around uh McAdoo in the back end another freshman you know nice piece to build around but again it's the front folks you know this is you know can you stop people it's big boy football you know and uh, I think you missing three very integral pieces you know to that defense right right up the middle and so can they you know can they recover from that do they have enough depth and and to me this is not just an Arkansas issue it's across the country. The transfer portal, the early outs for the NFL, okay? This is where your recruiting really shows up mm. because if the kids haven't played, and I guess they extended the rule where you can play in a fifth game now. If you were a, a freshman, you used to you could only play in four, but they extended the rule for the bowl games. It's the first time they've done that. So, for example, uh, the receiver, Centena, okay? Mm-hmm. He could have played in four games this year and not lost his – his freshman eligibility, where the NCAA said with all these opt-outs and transfer portal, we're going to let them play in the bowl game. So, my point is this. Kids like Satania, other freshmen that haven't played very much or been injured, uh, this is where your depth in recruiting shows up. You know, are there guys that are 6th, 7th, and 8th on the defensive line? Are they ready to play Kansas? Guys on the back end, guys on the offensive line, receivers – Can they step up in this moment? But it's across the country. You know, kids that haven't played a lot this year are going to get an opportunity to play. And that's why I wouldn't bet on one football game this year because there's going to be guys (laughs) throwing, catching, and making tackles that you haven't heard of this year. With some pretty big programs, like Arkansas, for example.
1: The only wagers I've made have been on the playoff, and I think all those teams are going to be close to full strength. Even Alabama had a significant guy step away yesterday into the portal. I can't remember who. they had a
2: receiver from New Orleans that has committed to LSU, from Edna Carr. Okay. Uh, I don't know. And then a a corner, I think,
1: left. So Alabama's had a couple of defections, uh, but – yeah, you're right. It's hard to tell for sure right now. So what is what about Kansas? Have we heard anything on them as far as their departures?
3: No, You know, we had Stephen Davis on last week with the Voice of the Travelers who does a bunch of work with Kansas, and uh, he said that there has been no significant departures for Kansas in the portal or to the NFL, and he felt like it was pretty much their their guys are going to be well, playing. And their, in the their game. quarterback's back. I mean, their mm-hmm.
1: starting
2: quarterback, and then their backup has, what, seven games, six games of starting experience. So,
1: yeah, the thought of Arkansas chasing around a running quarterback without some of those key pieces you talked about defensively yeah. is scary thought.
3: Drew Sanders, bumper pool. Yeah. yeah. No, this is a team, Kansas, who's very excited about the, the Liberty Bowl. Like, this is. This is a cotton bowl for the sure. kids. This is a huge opportunity for them. They haven't been bowling in forever. And for Arkansas,
2: I just don't get that feeling that this is a, oh, a no. great opportunity. You talk about culture. You hear the word culture a lot. Kansas probably exceeded expectations. Their kids are excited. Their fan base is excited. I don't think anybody predicted them to be bowl eligible mm-hmm. this year. They were picked last, I think, in the, in the Big 12. Whereas Arkansas is not met expectations so um you get that vibe like you're talking about but mm-hmm. it's about the kids and um, you know when they tee it off you, you hope competitive spirits show up um and you know i look for it to be a really good football game but again i think kansas has more pieces uh, in place that they've had the majority of the year than what arkansas has well in kansas the only thing
3: about kansas i wonder because they got off to that great start they were what five and oh and yeah. Finished or five and one, six. Once their quarterback
1: 0. went down, changed everything. Yeah, yep. and
3: then they went f- one and five their last six games. So is it more of a they limped in and got lucky and got in a bowl game, or are they excited that they you know even though they finished so poorly at one and five after a great start you and know Arkansas, they sort of had what they Arkansas had game was day what, three and one they had four, game day up there and yeah. the excitement was there and then all of a sudden it just fell off a cliff. What was Arkansas's record? Four and one, ranked number ten in the country.
2: Yeah, and then very similar. Yeah, very similar.
1: The fumble. Oh come on, not one play, right? Well, Mo- it's always more than that. Moving along, <laughs> anyway. That did, that did that was the pivot point for the entire season. Yeah, yeah, no question. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, okay, what else we want to get into? Well, we got some coaching changes. Yeah, what do you think about that?
2: Well, you know, you got a defense coordinator coming uh, from uh, Central Florida. It was with Gus Malzahn both at Auburn and you know, obviously the defense coordinator at. Uh, he's a four down front guy, which is a going to be a difference. Which means you now you got to go recruit more defensive linemen you've lost some you graduated some now you got to go recruit more defensive alignment to fit that scheme but um gives them another really good recruiter from what I understand has SEC experience did a heck of a job at UCF um a Malzahn disciple for the most part uh, excited to see what, what the energy he's going to bring it'll be a different vibe with him he's younger uh much more aggressive on the on the football field um uh, a lot of blitz packages, but uh, but multiple, but still spins out of a, a four down front. And then Morgan Turner comes in uh, at tight end coach from Stanford, um, a legacy uh, guy. Uh, his dad was Ron Turner, who was a head coach at Illinois, coached at Stanford, coached with the Chicago Bears. No Ron. Yep, and uh, about my age, about my age, old guy. And uh, so his son obviously recruited well, produced some tremendous tight ends at Stanford, uh, has some recruiting ties to Texas. I think it's a really good hire. Yeah. So, uh, two pieces moving in there. They hired a strength coach. It wouldn't surprise me after the bowl game, after signing date, uh, you may see some additional movement on the staff. That's not unusual across the country. Uh, so, Coach Pittman, you know, may not be finished with uh, you know some staff hires.
1: Can you imagine right now being a head coach in college football, and you always have to kind of re-recruit your guys, right? Correct but it has gone to a completely different level now. And then you've also got guys who may be knocking on your door that you would have never expected to see, and you have the turnover year to year because there's no sitting out. It's like he comes in and then he can play next season. Can you imagine? And then, then that's not even to count, the NIL money, which yeah. you know maybe at the FCS level you will not have to deal with as much, but at the FBS level, obviously that's just a part of the conversation.
2: Jeff Traylor, the head coach at uh, Texas uh, UGSA, <laughs> Saw that. came out the other day. I mean, they are – Actively recruiting his players, his players' parents, his players' high school coaches, and in some cases making direct contact with the players. Sure.
1: Happens. It happens. And
2: so there are no guardrails. It is the Wild West. You know, they they, they feel good about restricting this uh, 45-day window, and then there's another mm-hmm. 15-day window. That's not nearly enough. And um, I think the whole thing needs to be relooked at. Um close this one to even more make kids make a decision are you here or you're not here you know but to your point it was something and it's not that I was clairvoyant years ago but I always told our staff the most important thing you can do is recruit your own players you know whether they were injured or they didn't have the year they wanted to have um, you know what I call those i-40 eyes you know guys that are thinking about leaving I mean you have to recruit the kids that are on your campus first and that has become ultra important now. And in some cases, you can't do it because you have a Texas A&M who's throwing around so much money in schools like that. Um, you just can't compete with it. And so it's broken, in my opinion. It's kind of like our southern border. I don't want to get into politics here, but, I mean, it is uh, – uh
1: won't stop you, but it, I don't want to. <laughs> it
2: is the Wild West, man. And so um, – it's uh, it's very difficult right now being a head football coach in, in football, not just FBS but FCS. Yeah.
3: Word on the street is uh, there was an SEC team that came after KJ, and Arkansas had to re-recruit him, and you can take that for what it means to keep him. And uh, I had someone that verified that for me. Uh, what's an the, active school, or
2: you know, school coming the, after your quarterback. What's the what's the old adage? There's uh, no honor amongst thieves. Right. <laughs> Uh, it's crazy. and Well, uh, and
1: like I, I look at a guy like Tyler Hudson that ended up at Louisville and had a really good year and is going to play in the NFL, I think. Oh, yeah. He had guys actively chasing him two years ago and yep. was able to kind of fend them off, and, you know, it sucks. And then the next year, obviously, you know, he got an offer that he couldn't refuse apparently at Louisville. But, and I can't fault the guy. He was clearly, you know – suited to playing at a higher level and I think he was an NFL wide receiver and he walked on campus at UCA and they did a good job of developing him. But that's the deal. It stinks at that level you really don't have anything to, to bargain with. I mean at least at Arkansas, they can go, okay, we gotta rally up and make this work and we gotta mm-hmm. keep this guy. I mean, what are you gonna do if, if you know a power five school comes in and offers your kid at the FCS level and you don't have an N I L pot to work out of?
2: This whole thing started I think around two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve when the quarterback from eastern Washington, Vernon, whatever his name, he was phenomenal
1: Okay, they or, went to Oregon went to Oregon
2: yeah went to Oregon they basically recruited him after he graduated because this portal wasn't in place they grad basically transfer. recruited yep. him graduate you have to change
1: your major to underwater basketball. Even, that's Which I right. didn't have at Eastern Washington and he
2: barely graduated in time he was like July and he got he didn't even get to go to Oregon until like August but my point is this whole thing started and you may even take one step further back with Russell Wilson but he was a grad transfer. But this young man still had eligibility at Eastern Washington and ended up being okay at Oregon, but that's when this whole thing started, about ten or eleven years ago. And it has exploded to the point now where you can't manage your roster. You got all these collectives out here, boosters that are putting in money. It's not being managed probably the way it should be managed on the campus. You know, are boosters contacting players or boosters contacting parents? The old things is you used to pay, promise parents jobs in an apartment. Now they're promising ungodly sums of money. So you I think dipped, it's a broken system.
1: You double dipped, too, to make it the wild, wild west. Because here's the thing. If you don't take away the transfer deal where you have to sit out a year, nobody's going to go, hey, we'll pay you six hundred grand to come Instead and to sit get, a year. Right. Nobody's going to do that. Well, and
2: I'm, I, I believe that kids should have some flexibility in this process. Agreed. I mean, I, I, I think it needed to be changed. But I think we've gone too far, and the, two, the the paste is really out of the tube now. Ha, will this new president coming in of the NCAA, will he take the bull by the horns very quickly and put some guardrails on this thing that aren't there right now? This it's, is worse than profe-
1: It's worse than professional sports coach because yes. tampering is completely legal. Yeah. Well, not legal, but... It happens the, with the, no repercussion. The NFL polices it awfully Correct. well. Yeah. They are afraid to try to tampering is a bad, bad deal there. You don't do it. I remember asking Jerry Jones about a guy in an interview that I was doing with him about a player who was, you know, having a phenomenal year on another team and, you know, how he'd look in a cowboy uniform and he wouldn't even go there in a private conversation. I mean, just, you don't do it. Well, in, in there, the college, there have been a, owners
2: that have made just random comments that have gotten fined hundreds of thousands, sure. thousands of dollars about no, another player no on doubt. another team. That's right. It's You're right. There, there's, there's just no guardrails. There's no policing. And, um, uh, I feel sorry for all the coaches out there, but to your point, close to home, you know, I walked into Nathan Brown's office at UCA about two years ago. I said, how are you keeping Tyler Hudson? He says, girlfriend's on the soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they broke up or what, but I know she Louisville. She transferred to Louisville and played <laughs> soccer there. She was on the bench. Louisville threw a lot of money at no, him no. and uh, obviously had a great year. I mean, yeah. he's going to be a – Second, third-round draft pick, or maybe higher, but uh, what a phenomenal player.
3: Uh, This just in, Auburn has uh, or – they're announcing Elijah McAllister, a five-year player from Vanderbilt, has transferred to Auburn. He started three years at Vanderbilt. Two years was uh, he didn't play redshirt and then the COVID year, so that's why he's eligible for a sixth year. But this is a guy with three years of SEC starting experience
2: is leaving Vanderbilt and going to Auburn. I uh, I said this to uh, one of my sons the other day. There's a player at Oregon, and we don't have to get into this. Uh, Cam McCormick. He was just granted his ninth year Gosh. of NCAA eligibility. <laughs> you ought to read his story. But anyway, um, COVID obviously red shirts. I mean,
1: coach. I'll tell you another one. Here's another bad example. This is this is the worst of it to me because you do have schools, and even in the same league, that have completely different resources, like Wes just alluded to. The number one receiver in the Pac-12 played at Arizona this year. Yep. And he just transferred to USC. Yep. I'm pretty sure it wasn't just because he wanted to play with Caleb Williams.
2: Again, it's my hope that they'll, they've will they changed the game. You know, Lance and I sitting here, we're both old school guys. And, you know, you you committed to a school, you signed, you went through the ups, the downs, the injuries, the good and the bad, and, and you persevered. You know, you may not have liked your coach, but you respected him and, 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 and you worked hard. Obviously, a lot has changed in 40 years, but with that said, it's gone too far. It's-
1: Lance, how would you feel if you had a horse win the Kentucky Derby and then some other trainer or owner comes in and offers the horse better feed and a nicer barn, and he just leaves and you can't do anything
0: about it? That would be a pretty terrible thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, on the, you know, getting back to these kids uh, leaving, they're hurting themselves. Some them's going to hurt themselves. They're not fully mature yet. They're just now getting comfortable in the system, and the experience makes all the difference in the world. And uh, some of these kids, I think, leaving earlier, some of the younger ones, going to these other schools, I think they're hurting themselves.
1: We need some good reporting done by journalists like Wes Moore about all the guys who are going into the portal and ending up in transfer purgatory and yeah. never getting back well, out. there's
2: well over 2,000 right now, I think, in football. Well over. And that's not counting. Well, I think there were some left over from last year that went nowhere. Right. The grass isn't always greener. That's right. Yeah, there are some that
3: uh, – I mean, I'm looking at some of the Razorbacks that uh, aren't – haven't signed or committed to anybody yet. I know some of those guys are going to drop down a level because they didn't play for Arkansas. Right. Um, they're just like Zach Zemos. You know, he was the guy who came on as a safety, was too slow, moved him to linebacker. He was too small. He's just not an SEC football player. He'll wind up, I hope, you hope he winds up at a different level where he can play. But those are the guys they get well, lost like the Park in the View, shuffle.
2: The Parkview kids, they left after a year and a half. Where, yeah. where are they going to end up? Have we heard?
3: I haven't heard anything about yeah. Joiner. You're talking about Joyner and – Tied
2: in. Tied in. Yeah.
3: Rogers?
1: No. Aaron? Uh, uh, Outley. Outley. Outley, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, you know, there's a lot of kids, to Lance's point, that are making these decisions, and uh, they're not being recruited by other schools. Right. You know, they're just seeing they need a different environment. But what they don't realize, they're going to have to go someplace and compete. You know? So, it's a – in my opinion – it's a broken system right now, and mm-hmm. it needs to be reined in uh, with some flexibility for the kids. Sure, you know, just like coaches leave. I mean, I get that. But um, but right now, there are no guardrails and no policing being done. And that article that I read with Jeff Trailer, I mean, it's it's scary if you're a football coach out there with a good team and good
1: players. Can imagine. Uh, yeah, unless you're competing for titles every year, that's a tough deal. Lance Gassaway's here with uh, Farm Brothers Flying Service. We're going to talk to him after the break, a little horse racing. We'll get into that. That is a system that's not broken, comparatively. <laughs> I'm sure every sport has its issues, Lance, but let's be honest. It's a little bit better. Uh, at least there's a little better oversight at that in that sport. Uh, Coach Conk will join us, too. We also appreciate kitchen Truck Sales. 10.50 in the zone. Lance Gassaway here from Farm Brothers Flying Service. Clint Conk is here from Conk Farms. Uh, appreciate you, Coach, coming in. Good to see you appreciate all season, you. Lance. Thanks yep. for your support. Also, Kitchen Truck Sales, of course. We're gonna get yeah, we will get out there in, uh, January third, the okay. last show. Yeah, right before the national championship game. Very good. All right, let me get a quick call in here, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about what's happening at Farm Brothers. John, hanging on through the break. John, what's happening?
2: Yes, uh, simple solution to the transfer portal. Uh, Take it. The players have to sit out one year, and that also goes for a coach. If a coach leaves. Le- loses his job or gets fired, he must wait one year.
3: Oh no! You can't do that. I mean, if somebody it's, gets fired, they got to be able to work the next uh, make next year. Yeah. yeah. With these
2: with these contracts, they're not going to have a problem. Believe me.
1: What about? Are you talking about just at the FBS level or just at the Power Five level?
2: I'm talking about the five
1: level. Okay. Five. Yeah, most of those guys. You're right. They would be fine sitting out a year. Probably, probably do them some good. Yeah. A lot of them do. Yeah. yeah. I wish I was making enough money to get fired instead of a year, but, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever.
2: And I wouldn't even mind if the assistant coaches were allowed to move and get a job, but if they moved twice, it would cost them a year.
1: John's getting very specific wow. here. All right. Anything else?
2: That's it. Isn't that enough? Isn't that it? John, that's yeah.
1: more than enough, I think, actually. <laughs> that's a mouthful. I appreciate your call. Solutions. All right. Hey, before we... Thank you. Before we dive into the racing, I want to ask you about the coaching thing. Because David and I have been talking about this for a long time. David and I don't agree on very much, but we agree on this. The system with the coaching deal is broken, too. Coach comes in and has a good year, which I brought you in and gave you a contract for multi-million dollars to do a good job, and then you do a good job, and then I'm going to extend your contract by five years and another million or two dollars a year. Mm -hmm. When you came in and did what I paid you to do, it does not make sense.
2: The only thing would be if, uh, and we don't know... Like in Brett Bielema's case, just got a massive raise with retention bonuses. So basically he's making $6.5 million a year now if he stays, mm-hmm. you know, a full year, uh, which is phenomenal. But we don't know if <laughs> – who flirted with him, you know, was the Nebraska was Nebraska a serious player with Brett Bielema? Was Wisconsin a serious player for him to go back there? So we don't know if he had overtures, serious overtures. Um yeah, I think there's a double-edged sword there. I'm a very pro-coach guy and the contracts and all that, but I think it's a double-edged sword for athletic directors because if you feel like the program's headed in the right direction, you want to keep that momentum going. And uh, you want to tie your coach up for a long time, and that costs money. The flip side of that is uh, – use Coach Beelman as an example again. They go to the Texas Bowl, maybe his second year, Wes, win eight games. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, second and year. then he gets this massive extension, and then – Here's the other side of that sword, you know, Arkansas ends up eating a significant amount of that contract when they let him go. So um, I think I think athletic directors and attorneys are going to get very crafty with the way that they word some of these contracts, but you're right. I mean, that needs to be addressed as well. Yeah. I mean, football, coach. my wife used to say this all the time, it's not brain surgery, and it's not. We're not curing cancer. No, Nope. We're changing lives, which I think has significant value, but when we're paying coaches almost 12 million dollars to coach a football game and you know and all that goes with it that may be slightly excessive <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, yeah, I just don't get the overreaction to a good season. I'm like, that's what you paid them for. Right. And if you do it for five years, fine. We can talk about a But again, a if they're heading
2: in the right direction and your coach is a hot commodity.
1: But how many times have we seen guys have one good year and then come back and pee their pants the next year and then you know screw the school over mm. on a 10-year contract?
2: You're messing yourself up here with Signal Media. If we keep getting great ratings, Justin. You ought to be rewarded for well, that. Well, we'll
1: have to start. <laughs> let's go there. <laughs> anyway, Lance, let's talk about something that you know about and uh, is much more fun. It's horse racing and it's upon us again. And you've had one horse run so far? One run so far. He ran third. Okay. So, what, how many horses do you have down at Oakland right now?
0: I just have one right now. Okay. We have a couple more be there in January. Okay. Uh, Where so are they coming from? They'll be coming from Kentucky. Gotcha. Southern Grace is over there. She ran at Oakland last year and won a couple of lounge races. Expecting big things out of her. And then we have another two year old named Nyquick who will be coming in here in January. Okay. Nyquick? Nyquick. Nyquick. Yeah. yeah. He's by Nyquist.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> When you win third, is that enough to uh you know almost validate having that horse paying for that horse for the month or for that race does that is that good
0: enough in that type of race we was in? Yes, it justified a couple months, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it just depends on the size race it is true if it's a thirty claiming, you know the purse is only going to be twenty seven twenty eight thousand in this race it was like a ninety thousand purse, so I justified it.
3: You got anything running this weekend No.
0: no it'd be typically you know they wait about a month. Four or five weeks in between races. Occasionally, you'll run one back in three weeks, you know. Uh, But um, typically, Brad, he's our trainer, and we're usually a month away. And how many all do you have? So, we have three that's going to be racing this year. And then I have a broodmare named Ma'am, and uh, she's in Kentucky out at Kenny McPeak's place called Magdalena. And uh, she has, uh, we've had a couple babies with her. Uh, One of them's out of Golden Sense. He's a, He'll be a two-year-old in January, so he's in training now, being broken. Probably won't run until July or August, somewhere around in there. Mm-hmm. We have a two-year-old we just bought at the Fasig Tipton Sale, a Golden Sense coat. We actually haven't named him yet. Uh, leaning toward Gould's Gold. Gould's, Gould's Gold. Gold. Yeah, so that's where my farm is, where I grew up, my yeah. dad and all, so think about naming him that. And then... Uh, Gold gold
1: is uh, raised in ticket prices, I think actually. She, ticket money.
0: Yeah. That's where
1: that's how most that's how they raise most of their money down there, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. A speed lot, trap. A you lot of money. You should name your horse uh, Speed Trap. would be good. <laughs> speed <laughs> you trap. You know, yeah. you're right. That'd be a good name. <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh she and Ma'am is in fold now to uh next go. Okay. So How about so, Wells
1: Bayou? What's uh what's he been up to?
0: Wells Bayou, he's retired. You know, we tried to bring him back last year. He had uh, ran uh, three times, and was actually his last race. Ran great, but uh, chipped a bone in his knee again, and kind of splintered up in there. So we had to retire him. Mm, gotcha. Uh, so we've been trying to get a stud deal out in Kentucky. hasn't hasn't worked. He just don't have enough. Um, not going to say pedigree, but um, winnings, earnings, and all. Yeah. You know, typically the studs out in Kentucky, you have to be a Grade One winner. And he's a great two winner. Let me ask you quickly about Farm Brothers Flying
1: Service. Uh, we were talking about planes, and I was scared. I like I don't know. Like, what's a fleet? So you have eight planes. You we said have
0: eight planes. Yes. Okay. And, and so what? What happens at this time of year? This time of year, not a lot going on. You know, the farmers are off, so the planes are just kind of going through a maintenance process where we send them get the annuals done on them. Gotcha. That's about it. When will they come back? Uh, some of them are already coming back. No. Yeah, we got a uh, matter of fact. Uh,
2: You'll be doing burn down probably. In-
0: January. January, late yeah. January. January. Yeah. 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 But some of the planes are coming back. And we you. sent the last two over there today. Okay.
1: Well, listen, I appreciate you very much, as always, for the support up here. And we'll see you around the track here soon. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Farmer Conk. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you guys. Thanks, coach. All we'll right. S- we'll see you next week. Yep. I'll be in studio. All right.
2: Merry Christmas, guys. Thank you.